Right, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 193, I think, but uh, someone can check me, because as I say every week, a running joke, I'm usually wrong, so um, let's say hello to Johnny first, hello Johnny. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, we do have a super guest again today, uh, people will already know that, because I'll have seen the thumbnail, so let's just welcome Roy Ritchie, hello. Hello guys, how are you? Good, good, Johnny, what's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm very good. I was a bit <laughs> no, well, thank you, guys. It's uh, it's um, I'm got to be honest. I'm I'm very very humbled to be here uh, this evening. The pleasure is all ours, as we already explained prior to the recording. <laughs> Everyone that comes on it smarter than us, so it's all our pleasure because we get to pick people's brains, which is good. I I'm, I'm taking that. I'm actually taking that. Um, I'll s- I'll send you the clip if you want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> again i'll come back to the humble i'll come back to the humble thing so yeah that'll be my new social media post i've been called smart i'm running with it uh big quads i think actually i think it was where'd you get those tom platt legs Oof, tom tom platt. come on man i mean you're throwing the compliments now um yeah 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna tell you a true story. That's a very, very that's a true story. So I'm I'm currently working with uh, Tom Hamilton. Um, been working with them for about a year and a half now. Really enjoy it. And I did some update photos. I think it was before the the last the current lockdown. And he he sent me a text message, and he was just like quads. And I was just kind of like really, but. To be honest, in the last the week prior, I've been going through this like weird body dysmorphia. Um, I don't want to like call it body dysmorphia, but that's the, the easiest way to kind of label it. And I had been looking for you know in the mirror and stuff like that, and just going, oh man, I think my quads are getting smaller, eh? And I'd actually said to Tom on the the block prior, um, I says, oh yeah, I think I think my pecs and my quads are getting a little bit smaller. Um, any chance you could? add a little bit of volume. It's weird though, man, eh? Like that you genuinely think these things, you know, like we talk about these things on social media all the time, but we go through them as well, you know? And and, and as we spoke previously, like you guys are obviously complimenting it, but over the last like week and a half, numerous other people who have messaged me as well. So I'm just kind of like, okay, well, maybe they are, maybe they are kind of big and, uh, and I was just going through like a weird moment. But, yeah, but yeah. I I absolutely accept the compliment. Yeah, oh. it does. It does as well as nat- natty lifters. Uh, I don't imagine it happens all that that often. In fact, uh, <laughs> you actually, I think you did see on Facebook. So I remember you you liked it. But Johnny, obviously, I think I don't know if you saw it or not. But this is the the week of the anniversary of when I got asked to uh, lay off the steroids, which is. Something that I enjoy every year when it comes up in my Facebook memories. So, <laughs> it's strange if people say that they think they're offending you, and, they, and they're like, "No, I'll take that as a compliment." Oh, Thank yeah. you very much. That I have never. That is the one and only time in my life I've ever been accused of using gear. Um, so, 
you know, take take that as another measure of my, my physique. But, um, uh, no, I think I just, well, I think that it was on Facebook. It wasn't in person. So if they'd have seen me in person, clearly they would never have said that. But um, I think they did use, they look at my profile picture was like an old photo shoot photo that we did where obviously I was reasonably lean. And as we already discussed prior to the call, I guess that does create this illusion that you are bigger than you are. So bear in mind, like, I mean, I've got abs at the minute-ish, but and I'm about 175. So I am not... I've had kilos. No, pounds. Yeah, okay. God, I wish. Cure, pounds. So obviously, to convert them to kilos, what, 75, 76, something like that? I don't know. Um, not a particularly big boy. Bear in mind, I'm also six foot, so I'm not exactly a, a short arse either. Um, but, you know, we've got what we've got, you know. Genetics, we've discussed a billion times in this podcast, are quite a predominant factor in how you look, how big you are, and all those things. So uh, I just have to roll with it. I'm all about trying to make it better rather than worrying too much. So, I mean, it's fun, I was going to say, sorry, um, Johnny, but I was going to say, Roy, it's funny you said about the body dysmorphia thing. I think... It is something that, and I think this comes back to like this, the phrase that you often hear, or, or a lot of us will have probably heard anyway, it's like the, the moment or the day you start lifting is the day you'll like be forever small. I think that is so true. And I think, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, I, I just, you know, inevitably we all suffer in some spe- on some spectrum of, of worrying about how we look or like whether our quads are getting too small or whatever, you know. Um, so I think people like say listening hopefully will at least understand or realise that they're not alone and that even the professionals in air quotes still suffer from the same type of stuff but it, yeah. it's always important to, to to follow the right kinds of people when you start off you can see why all these and the bashies slimming world females who follow them from, the, from when they're young are so messed up because they follow in absolute drivel and they and their expectations, perceptions are just totally messed up from the get go. And it's like, but it's like us, isn't it? I grew up, not grew up. I say grew up. When I first started training, I want to look like Ari. And you're like, that's totally and utterly ridiculous. You know, six two, two hundred forty pounds shredded. It's like, but then because you've got that perception, I want to look like him. When you're like six stone lighter and a lot fatter, like. Uh, you always like shit. No matter if you, no matter if you're in good shape compared to other people, you still will never ever. I say never ever. You will never be happy. It's always oh, I can be a kilo heavier. I can gain another five kilo on my squat. I can be a little bit more shredded. You're never ever satisfied. Never. There's there's very few people that I've worked with or even know that have kind of reached any type of target goal or physique and suddenly thought, yeah, that's you know I'm really really happy now. Like most people have got, you know, they've, 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 they've come to me feeling a certain way. They've left in a different physique and realized, mm, yeah, I didn't feel any different. As mm. in, you know, the physique, the, the physique change wasn't what maybe changed. I mean, they might feel different in terms of they're more confident or they kind of generate some perspective almost on, on things, but they didn't, they didn't go like, oh, I'm smaller now. So all of a sudden I'm really happy. That's just not how, how anyone has ever worked. I saw a really good uh, tweet today. And it was it was along those lines where it was something. It was it was it was two coaches, and it basically says you can tell, you can repeat the message of, of how the scales work, 
over and over again to your clients, but they will always have the same concerns and stresses toward them. So therefore, you should maybe repeat that message less and work on how they feel about themselves. So again, the mindset, the behavior, and accept that they're going to have that fear around the scales every so often. Because what we forget is, whether we like it or not, we're emotion. You know, we're emotional. You know, male, female, um, regardless of who we are, age, where we're from, what our goals are, etc. So we can we can develop as much awareness as we can or want, experience, and all these things. But we're still going to get emotionally triggered by whatever you know, whatever um, we're cared about at that time or are stressed about at that time. You know, and I think we just kind of got to remember that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I guess a lot of us probably do remember that the issue really is trying to make sure that clients understand and remember that and. That is not an easy any easy job for any coach, um, you know. Like that tweet is probably aimed at the fact that they any client those coaches or that coaches have ever worked with they probably have like you say had to repeat that same message over and over again because yeah. when, when it comes to kind of uh, subjective emotions, all those types of things, logic goes out the window. Like you can be logical and deliver the logical messages to clients, but it's overridden by this emotion, this subjectivity that they have within themselves. And it's impossible to kind of just suddenly go, I'm going to cure that by giving you some factual information here. It just doesn't happen again. (laughs) Well, this is, I mean, I guess, you know, you see the difference when people think that way and, um, you know, on social media, for example. So you you always get the, the people on social media that talk to other coaches you know, I've, I've been that person at one point in time, you know, where you're you're trying to, you know, flex the, the qualifications that you've gained or the recent research or whatever. But you realize it doesn't mean anything to them because it's it's not talking to them at all. They want you to talk to them. They want you to, to reaffirm, um, you know, uh, or make them feel better about their, their fears and their goals and mm-hmm. their drive towards their goals. They don't care about how much. Um, grams per body weight they need to be eating off protein every single day for the rest of their life you know they need to know you know what sort of habits is going to support you know their recovery or their training and whatnot and uh, and, and where that then leads but yeah again that's a whole rabbit hole in itself though yeah I, the 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 qualification thing is interesting because i've never once had anyone ask me about any qualifications yeah. that i've got or not got no one's ever said have you got a you know are you a registered nutritionist or a dietitian or it's like no one's ever came to me ask that i you know do you have any specific degrees in kind of you know no i don't i'm just a qualified personal trainer and a nutritionist i don't have any degrees in anything so like no one's ever said asked me though no one's cared because actually like that's not what they're here for like if if they've been following me they've there's obviously a reason and they've they've apply to work with me it's it's obviously for a reason other than whether i can spout out some letters after my name or whatever it's it's interesting you're saying that because recently i actually did get someone in a consultation they said to me what's your credentials and you've just you've just completely undermined what i just (laughs) no 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 no, right so (laughs) but here's no i'm actually supporting what you're saying though because (laughs) this is the one time that it did happen and I actually rattled off everything that I'm qualified in, etc. And I said to her, you know, 
these are going to mean nothing to you. And, and I said to her, the most important thing that I have that I'm going to be able to help you with is my experience and my ability to listen to you um, over any of those things. And it's like you said, if people are, she, she clearly didn't follow me. I can assume so, because if she did, then she would know what I do and, and how I do it. But but then, like I said, I mean, I, I wonder if it was just maybe she just asked just because I asked her if she had any questions. But yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, I've yeah. Sorry, I was only I was I was being facetious. I was only joking. <laughs> no, but, um, I yeah. I mean, I've ne- I've never had one. I don't. And be honest, I very rarely have I even heard a story of where someone has actually asked. And like you say, maybe she did ask because. I mean, maybe she's generally interested, but the funny thing mm. is, a lot of the time you can imagine you would reel off kind of what you've got, and it wouldn't actually mean anything because they wouldn't know the context of what that is. Like, oh, that sounds good. Okay, mm, move on. A... <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, let's segue then into what are your qualifications. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, let's. So, for those that don't know you or don't follow you, obviously there, there'll be people listening. I'm sure they do. But those that don't, maybe just give a little background around you, how you got in the industry, whatever you really want people to know. Yeah, I mean, I've actually been, so I predominantly coach online. I do do one-on-one in-person stuff um, outside of lockdown. Um, I've only been in the industry for about five years full-time now and six and a half years overall. So before that, I was actually an an IT engineer for for nine years. And, And the reason I got into the industry was just because um, first off, you know, I was born with a defective heart valve. Um, I've got a, and, and when I was at a certain age, it became damaged, and it's one of those things. It's, it was always going to affect my health. And in my late teens, going into my twenties, you know, I was not living a healthy lifestyle, even though I thought playing football every weekend would <laughs> turn me into some sort of like health freak, but it did not. Um, because it was overread by very poor diet and drinking every weekend. Um, it's funny that you know? standard football diet, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, but then it got to the point where I actually became very, very overweight. Uh, and and what what I didn't recognise, I can see it now in hindsight, was it was it was very much triggered by very um, mental health issues. Um, I suffered from you know, depression, anxiety. Um, I just was living a, a generally poor lifestyle and all these things had a, you know, they they came together and I ballooned up to between 21, you know, give or take 21 stone. And uh, yeah, I decided to do something about it. Um, when I went to uni, you know, my lifestyle changed a little bit, even though I was still drinking and whatnot, but my lifestyle changed because I was walking everywhere. Uh, there was, you know, some other factors that, again, didn't make sense at the time, but I went the other way. Uh, I started to, to go to the gym, do the classic thing, go on the treadmill all the time, and uh, I became too thin uh, to the point where, again, bones are showing through, ribs, everything, and then... Uh, I decided to take the the gym thing seriously, started to read the the good old classic men's health, look at bodybuilding.com and all these reputable resources (laughs) and uh, follow the meal plans and whatnot. Again, I gained weight again. Um, I became too big again. I became overweight, but this time with a little bit of muscle. And 
I just decided to stop listening to people, you know, I was listening to all the gym bros, people tell me what to do. And I just decided, right, okay, like I'm not, I've, I've got it wrong again. Uh, so I started to read different resources uh, like Arn Argonne's Research Review and um, just started going to different forums and, and, and try different things, you know, the classic keto and all these things, uh, high intensity interval training, training the classic bodybuilding split, chest day, back day, etc. And um, and I got into half decent shape. And it was it was then where I started to see something happening and I saw a competition online. I don't know if you guys are fam- uh, familiar with him, but Jay Ferrugia, uh coach in America. So I used to follow him and he was doing some sort of like 12 week thing online and he basically said first place gets a all expensive trip over to, to California etc so I just applied myself and uh, and again followed meal plans etc trained my arse off got into again pretty good shape I was I was really really lean didn't win but then off the back of that people started asking me to help them and I didn't <laughs> Uh, but one guy in particular, he he trained at my gym. He just kept saying, "Look, I, I, I see what you do. I am, I, you know, you you I, I hear what you say because of the things that you read and you're you're learning. You're one of these people that that actually is trying to do things. I'd rather you helped me than any of the personal trainers in this gym because I see them and none of them are in shape and none of them seem to know what they're doing. Um, I did, again, I just continue to say like, I wasn't qualified and I wasn't willing to." Um, but I says, look, I can, I'll try and help you uh, because, again, I can apply some knowledge and stuff like that. And uh, from then on, I met Luke Johnson online. Uh, this was in the very, very early days, pre-Shredded by Science and whatnot. I think it was called Elite, oh, something, Elite Mentorship. I, don't yeah, know I was going to say it's Elite, um, I was going to say Mentorship, something else, but I can't remember now. Uh, it's, so it was, it's like a millionaire boys club, wasn't it? Uh, so, <laughs> so I met him online, and because I didn't want to be a personal trainer, you see, I didn't like my perception of a personal trainer was what I saw in my local DW. You know, again, just standard at treadmills, just just lazy, pretty much. And uh, so I didn't want to be that. I wanted to actually elicit change. Um, I've always been interested in psychology and mindset and behaviour. So I wanted to like genuinely help people from the the top down, and when I met Luke, he basically said, you know, you could do this stuff online. It doesn't have to be from a personal training perspective. Uh, da 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 da. So um, I won't bore you with the next like period of time from then on. But you know, I went and got qualified. Um, I worked toward leaving my IT job. I was eventually pushed uh, because um, I was made. Uh, they were they were doing cuts, and I was let go um, four months before my intended uh, date to go, and I just went full time and then just ran with it pretty much. So yeah, so I best so since then, like um, I'm sure similar to you guys, my titles my titles like changed, um, but the easiest way that I could describe myself is basically online strength coach and um, fat loss and performance nutritionist. Uh, Again, it's an inflated title. There's many, many underlying things that go with that. But if you I, want to say something, then you can say that. I, I, I imagine you'd probably change that to life coach or support function or <laughs> <laughs> all no, of the above. 
I've got to become a business coach at one point as well. So yeah. Teach don't, people to use Instagram and all that, you know. Don't, because that is the worst part of any of this. Uh, Johnny and I are going through uh, a fantastic, um, I suppose it's a, a content and marketing creation course uh, led by Tanya Feiler and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and by Nick. And um, it's, really, it's amazing. And obviously, we'll be shouting out when we've finished it to uh, anyone that's interested. It is, it is by far like Johnny. I think the verbatim you gave was it's the best course you've ever been on Bandong Long Long Way. This yeah. type of stuff, yeah. Um, so it is fantastic. But we've had this conversation with them saying this is just the stuff I hate. I I used to be an avid like everything went on Instagram or social media or else. And I'll be honest, up until the, like since we started doing this course, my motivation to kind of promote more stuff clearly has, has gone up. But prior to that, I was I wasn't even posting once a week on things because I just lost any interest. And I said to Johnny, like I've just got no interest in <clears throat> like general fitness content because it's boring. Everyone's yeah. posting the same shit. Like it's so difficult to stand out or, or sorry, it's so difficult to stand out, but um, have any depth to obviously your actual content. Yeah, and it, uh, while standing by like ethics and morals and all that type of stuff, and just think, oh, I just can't be bothered with it. To be honest, and we got to a point where we were just saying we just would rather just focus on the clients that we've got and and kind of help them like put our energy into supporting them and make sure they get the best results. And then you kind of hope like, well, actually, you do get business from referrals and all that type of stuff, which is where it comes from. And we just gave up, get worrying about marketing and things because, mm-hmm. yeah, but. I mean, I guess that's what you're saying about becoming a business coach and becoming a marketing executive and an IT man because you've got to run your website and an accounts because you've got to do your accounts and all of this stuff. You're like, wow. Like, it's just what is when when people think that you're an online coach, there's loads of titles you could have, really. Yeah. You know, you are, you, I mean, the, the word entrepreneur comes out a lot of the time. I guess that's probably it because effectively you are because you're doing so many different things. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like, with the, the clients that I work with, that's why I, I just kind of say what I've said there. I mean, in this year alone, you know, the last two and a half months, I think I've changed my Instagram bio like three or four times just because I'm kind of like, oh, what do I write? You know, because you go into everybody's Instagram and, and they're like, ah, oh, body architect or transformation specialist and whatever and it's like what the fuck does that even mean you know and like Mm. it's just body structural engineer (laughs) (laughs) i teach people how to do it it's just like oh man and then but unfortunately you you kind of have to play the game i know i know mine at the moment is shit i think i just I, i think it just says something like I help people lose fat, get strong, feel confident. I'm kind of like, oh man, really? Like you didn't, you didn't really think about that. Well, the, the thing is, there is an element, like you say, is that it is like when you say it like that, and you, you kind of talk about it with with other professionals in the industry, you do think, yeah, shit. But and I and I say that from a place of um, understanding because mine's in exactly the same position. It's shit, but you do kind of just feel like you just, you know, you have to play that game and you have to yeah. almost say what you do because what you don't, well, I suppose this is where it's explained to me anyway, in that your audience may not know. Like you might think it's really yeah. fucking obvious that what I do is I help people get stronger and I help people lose weight or, you know, get shredded or whatever. Um, but your audience might not actually know that they might need to read it. And it, like, it seems it becomes so obvious really that you just miss it because it's almost like it's too obvious. 
So it's, and that's the thing as well. I mean, are we are we being hard on ourselves because it's what we see all the time? You know, our audience. You know, they they might not see loads of fitness people all the time. They might follow like three, and that's it. But again, we you know, with us being in the industry, we're probably seeing like like tens of hundreds of them and, and we're seeing the same theme over and over again. So that's why we're probably a little bit like, oh, you know, ours is shit and theirs is better or da 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 da. Um but at the same time, as you said, if if that information is there to capture someone's attention straight away, then they can say, okay, well I'm gonna look at the first nine to twelve slides, assuming it's on Instagram. And then they can go, okay, well, I quite like this person's vibe. I'm going to follow them. Mm. And uh, why is that bad? It's not. It's not. It's just, it's, like you say, it's difficult. Sorry, yeah. The thing is, the people I would buy from don't market that well, like your traditional marketers tell you to market. Like I would buy a, I would get coached by Mike Israel. And he's, I wouldn't say he's a top-level marketer. Yeah. Like, he knows his shit. He's quite funny. And he's big as fuck. He's obviously intelligent. I like him. I've never once looked at his bio on Instagram. So I'm thinking, how important is it really? As long as they can see, if they're into some powerlifting, you're big, you're strong, you're intelligent. They go, actually, I like him. He's tidy. So I'll buy from him. They probably haven't once looked at you getting bio. I, I, from my perspective, I know that's just like from my issue, but like, I've never ever looked at it. I'd buy from Lionel McDonald if I could, right? No, you. He don't give two fucks about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, obviously, the thing is, the people that you're buying from are people that you have already connected. Yeah. Not say not you know, use the, the term connected with, but you you obviously have followed and built a connection for what a better phrase already. You know, like you understand yeah. who they are, what they're about. So I guess like the buy then becomes irrelevant. Like, I mean that I mean that is the purpose of social media. Let's be honest, isn't it? It's about connecting with people and engaging with people, and that that's how you you're more likely going to be able to sell your product to people. As shallow as that sounds when you say it like that, but you know, it. it I, mean, I don't. Know, I suppose I say that, and then you you still get your Instagram coaches in air quotes that are selling out their cookie cutter plans, whatever else their shit, because they've got you know they've managed to generate a a large following and people will buy it without really connecting with them but i suppose that's a different different topic yeah yeah exactly totally off topic um, um yeah that's about that's about it for me without boring you for another half an hour. <laughs> no no it's not boring at all i do have a question for you though um what so i guess i'd like to know the answer to why is it when people want to lose weight instead of becoming to you know, a qualified coach like yourself with uh, proven experience and testimonies from people about how well you've supported them, and instead they just resort to taking up endurance events. What? Why is that? So I did this, <laughs> and, and that's why I spoke about it on uh, my post a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's just the easy. I think it's the. It's it's almost like the clear option. You know, people know two things, one of two things, eat salads and run. You know, it's kind of, and, and it's almost like they market themselves. You know, people think, okay, well, I need to lose weight, so I need to 
stop eating junk and eat salads and I need to exercise and the only exercise I know how to do is run. And I suppose that just opens up a pathway, you know, into to, to more and more extreme things. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a background on me. That's exactly what I done. You know, I was working at my IT job. I was overweight. I knew I needed to do something. So I started to eat both the boring salads. And I decided to run home every day and until I eventually entered a 10K and then ran that. Um, and I've seen many, many examples of it. And I guess it's just... You know, if people want to get into shape, you know, they'll go to the gym and try and lift weights. But if people want to lose weight and fat, the easiest thing or to their mind or maybe put advice online is, well, you need to run. You need to get fit. And and again, that's it's almost like the low barriers, the low hanging fruit. So they yeah. say, OK, I need to do it. But what people obviously don't realize is running's a skill, you know, it's uh, and but unfortunately, when and I don't want to say everybody, um, because of it's, it's obviously not everybody, but then many, many people go into it. Like I said, they don't understand it. So they start under eating, they start running more, and they realize, they, they realize that the running is actually working. You know, they feel fitter. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're breathing better. They've got a little bit more energy. And they, they may be losing weight, but they don't understand why they're losing weight. You know, obviously with energy out and uh, and obviously drastically uh, reducing their energy in. And I guess that then becomes a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a confirmation bias. Uh-huh. You know, was to say, oh, I've made the right choice here. So I'm going to continue. And when people do continue to do that, what do they do? They become more extreme. So... You know that two mile run becomes, you know, five miles. The next thing you know, like like myself, you enter the ten k. What what you know, people start saying, "Oh, congratulations! What's next?" And and then it starts just these things just start to level up, you know. And the next thing you know, you're you're uh, you're neck deep into entering your first marathon, and you don't know how bad a position you've actually put yourself in. Um, not just not just physically from a health perspective, but mentally as well. Yeah, that, that is an interesting point. And I think it's something that certainly I feel like without, I suppose without stereotyping, if that's the right phrase, but it's something I feel like I ha- have viewed and seen a lot that, mm. that, that, that I guess like when you take up, take up running, the only real progression there is in it is to run further. Like yeah. pe- the amount of people that kind of get into running because they feel like you know, they lose weight, they start running, that inevitably ends up doing marathons and things like the really long distance stuff, because it's it's like all of a sudden your identity is you're now a runner. So that's what runners do. And I suppose, like you just said there, that you get people asking you like, "What's next?" Well, what's next is the next bigger distance than you were previously doing. Yeah. Whatever that may be, and obviously, eventually, it ends up being the unless you go like super uber crazy and then start doing the, the ultra endurance stuff um which some people will obviously do but i guess that marathon is the is the the pinnacle of kind of where your, your progression ends up getting but but i mean I, I suppose the reason it's an interesting topic in conversation is because there are many what's the word i suppose pitfalls or fourbles between is that's the right word but in in that because i guess there's so many things that could 
be unhealthy or go wrong during those periods in terms of like whether it's to do with your nutrition or whether it's the training and stuff. And I suppose maybe that's some of the interesting stuff that might be worth exploring for people that maybe have thinking, hmm, I can, I can relate to that actually. So then at least then they can, people can start to relate. And it, like we've all had clients, I think what have came to us in, in these positions where they've, they found themselves looking through the endurance exercise route, but never really reached the, the position that they wanted to. And obviously eventually got to a point where they've reached out for help. And it's obviously then trying to undo that and explain why it's not worked and why they're not really got, got to where they want to get is quite a difficult thing. So I guess maybe let's try and explore that a bit. So what do you, what do you see as kind of like the, the biggest issues with it other than, I mean, I know we've just kind of, oh, I've rambled on a little bit about some of them, but what do you see as the, the kind of the biggest, the faults that people might have when they take that approach? Oof, trying to educate them. And, I, and, and, and obviously, you can look at this in, in, you know, many other areas as well, like I said, like strength training, et cetera, as well. But you, it kind of comes back to what we said at the start, you know, people's idea is, okay, um, I just need to run more, I need to run faster, et cetera. And if, if you're talking to someone, like you, you were saying there, you've got clients, and I've certainly got clients as well, is trying to say, right, okay, well, if you want to if you want to run, then we need to focus on improving your running. We need to program your running. We need to structure it, you know, to complement with your strength training and your nutrition side of things. Um, I'm going to talk about one of my current clients who's prepping for a, a marathon at the moment. Now, this might come across as quite funny, especially if anybody follows me and things. Well, what the hell does this six foot three, 110 kilo guy know about pre- coaching someone for a, a marathon and um yeah although i'm not an, an elite um coach in that area i definitely know enough to try and help people and, and obviously get some outside help there as well but with this client straight away there her nutritional setup was as you can expect quite astronomical because it was not only supporting her performance but it was perform it was supporting her recovery as well and she fought it to start with, and she almost was consuming half of it, and then saying, oh, you know, I'm tired, um, you know, and then she picked up a few niggles, and then I was having a look at her client profile, and I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're not following, like, what we spoke about, and I had to have a proper discussion with her and say, look, you're not training for fat loss, you know, you're training for performance, if you were training for fat loss, then you would not be training like this. You know, we would be focusing on your nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, your, your nutrition is set up this way because we need to support and improve your running. And once she understood that, um, she also spoke to someone at her work who used to be a rower and she showed her the programming and uh, the person at work said, you know, confirmed it and says, yeah, that looks, that looks right. That looks right. And once she got that like confirmation, not just from myself, because she does trust me, but I think once she got it from someone else who's also uh, competes in endurance, she then realized, Oh, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm drastically underrated here. And then she went on to it. However, <clears throat> She has a history of falling into using running and drastically under-eating as a mode to, to lose fat. So this is where I think the education, but not only by just blatantly saying, this is the evidence or this is what I say, 
so you must follow it. You know, again, you have to put yourself in that person's shoes. Why do they believe that? Like, what what makes them think that that this is the key? You know, the the endurance is is the you know the 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 holy grail to lose fat. And again, so this is where not only education, but also from a coach's perspective, um, just use your ears, like empathize with them, listen mm-hmm. to them, um, and make sure that you really are listening to them. Because like in that example there, you can tell someone, you can program someone, but if they don't, if they don't trust it, and they'll just go back to what they felt worked before, mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know, um, don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. But, uh... Well, no, I'm not, I'm not looking for a particular answer. I'm just more interested in, yeah. you know, some some of the issues that people might face, and one of them is obviously definitely under eating. Um, I mean, I, I would probably say from my own experience as well, in le- less of the people that are, I suppose, specifically training endurance stuff, or, or not necessarily endurance, but you know, specifically running for performance. And perhaps maybe those that are utilizing running as a method of weight loss, um, not getting the results they want because potentially they're under eating, under fueling their training, not getting the most out of the training. But they're also then not realizing that, th- that there is a method to be able to periodize their nutrition to allow them to kind of do that while they're not blowing it all out at other periods. So you, you tend to find out like, your average gym pot person um, try to be good in air quotes you know, during the week, do all the running, do all the exercise, much as they can, you know, see some results, but come weekend, because they've basically considered uh, what might be quite a strict program, strict nu- uh, nutrition protocol, et cetera, et cetera, get to a weekend and they can't cope. So they have periods of binging. So they kind of almost get in these cyclical or cycles of the worst part of, of both bits. So they kind of got the worst part of under eating and fueling performance, but they're also not losing fat because they are, I've got the worst part of the, the binging at weekends type thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the sort of stuff that I, I suppose that I'm, I'm kind of, I want to get out. It's just the, the kind of the things that people might struggle with the most in terms of if your approach or your mindset is very much a, I'm just going to get into running and just try and kind of almost outrun my bad diet. Um, or not necessarily bad diet. Cause obviously, you know, like you said, you're going to, you, you might have clients that don't necessarily have that bad diet and they are just under, under feeling, uh, chronically, I was going to say acutely, but chronically, um, yeah. I suppose what what other sort of stuff might become an issue for them? Whether it's, I mean, I suppose overtraining is another one that's probably worth considering in terms of just doing too yeah. much, full stop, and never really periodizing their their training at all. You know what the the, the behavior thing as well. You know because you know something that's people especially that do endurance or, or any form of cardio whether it's like back-to-back classes and stuff will experience is just <laughs> being ravenous um i'm trying to think of the, the, the what it's called again it's post postprandial um, sorry i was gonna say they say somnolence then is that right it's gone it's it's sad at the end but you know, when whenever they perform something like that, they then again they they need to refuel the, the glycogen from a glycogen perspective, and obviously they're they're massively depleted overall for energy. But we know that to replenish that, it's it's not much. You know, we know it's just like obviously a portion of protein, a portion of um, mm-hmm. carbohydrates, and that's it. But they don't understand that. So again, this is where someone may just go home again 
overeat, you know, make loads of stuff, whether it's like cereal and all these different things. And the same thing again. So it, it, it can almost elicit a dangerous behavior, a form of like disordered eating in itself. So again, if you start pairing up a developing disordered eating, which can obviously lead on to an eating disorder, you know, if you're pairing that up with what you said there is just training more. So again, they're just beating up their body, and um, especially if, if they're female, and obviously the period starts to disappear and all these things. They don't want to hear, or they don't want to hear, well, they don't want to hear the voice in their head or someone else trying to tell them that they need to, to, to tone it back or need to stop or see something else. So what's the result? Like, to just keep going until something really, really drastic happens. Mm. Um, I've seen this example in a good friend of mine who is now a personal trainer. And I actually met her um, in my last IT job. So she worked for the same corporate company. And she's an endurance runner. She used to run like stupid amounts of miles. And you know, when I say stupid, I mean that. I mean that respectfully because it was, it's it was impressive, and it still is. Um, and I remember just getting to know her, and I said to her, I was like, "Do you do any strength training? And uh, do you manage your nutrition?" And she was like, "No, nah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine." You know, again, she she was running, she was competing in events and stuff. So to her, it was fine, and it all came tumbling down. Um, she took a she took a fall in a race, smashed. Uh, I think it was it was either on a race or just out for a run. Smashed her face, broke teeth. Oh. Um, she she went to get tested, and she was deficient. And I I I would be able to tell you, but she was deficient in so many things. And then she kind of realized, right, I need to, I need to take this seriously, you know. And um, you know, and she's also learned from it. She's actually gone on to, to become a, a really good personal trainer now. But we've, I've, I've, we've spoken about that event like so many times, and she says, oh, I just, I wouldn't listen to you, you know. In her mind, she just, she was a part of a running club, and it was a case of who could run the most, and, and it was impressive, and. It's it's a dangerous pathway, you know, when you start looking at these things. Yeah, I, I'm. I suppose there's a there's more around kind of like the relative energy deficiency syndrome or Reds. I guess that it's become more prominent, which I suppose historically people wouldn't necessarily have known. But I think in the industry today, anyway, it's become more of a, a known issue where people are a bit like you just explained, really kind of completely beating up their body, under fueling, and they start to suffer issues. Um, I, I can't say I'm an expert, but I always associate them with kind of like bone issues. Or I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm I guess under fueling, you, you're going to have loss of muscle mass, bone issues. Um, yeah. Obviously, amenorrhea. You mentioned obviously about people missing periods or losing periods, uh, and that isn't a healthy place that anyone wants to be in. But the the, the sad part of it is obviously that people's motivation to do all of this comes from a place of trying to health seek. Um, yes. And that's kind of like the the the, the oh, double sword. Basically, just the the irony of it, almost for want of a of a better phrase. Um, yeah, is it is it is it? T- Sorry, Johnny, go on. But it, it's just, but the behaviour of runners, they how often they focus on protein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How often they focus on quality of carbohydrate resources. Never fibre. Never. And it's like. How much? It's not even how much I can eat, isn't it? Because they try to lose, make they try to lose weight as well. But they still pumping in gels, 
which is yeah. obviously clearly good for performance, but for keeping you full across the day, it's not so good. So the behaviour around running in terms of nutrition is poor, whereas if they were following obviously a more strength-based programme, you'd have they would have to focus things like protein, food quality, so the diet becomes better, even though clearly they don't burn as many calories in the gym, which you know, which is what is not what not what you should be using the gym for. But the diet quality just puts them in a bad place because if they because eventually, obviously the diet is shit, and then they, they can't keep adding more and adding more and adding more running because clearly your body adapts. So it's not going to burn a thousand calories an hour. Fibers that are lying when you're much more efficient at running, you're burning less, and then they do want wonder why. Why am I not losing weight? And then diet. No matter what your training's like, your diet's got to be adequate to support your goals. Because we all know fueling for performance is a lot of carbohydrates, is a lot of calories, and you can't really do both. You can't have performance at the top level and trying to lose weight at the same time. It's going to be either do this or do this in phases. Have a phase of weight loss if you want. We've got a phase of performance, which is not really conducive to weight loss. I've, the only thing I, I would say on that, I think, is, um, yeah, there's always going to be, it's like most things that are concurrent, there's always going to be a trade-off. If you're looking at trying to get both performance and, you know, you're going to get athletes that need to obviously drop some weight for certain like weight class type stuff or, you know, or even potentially drop some weight because they want to improve performance, obviously, because that can also happen. Um, but when, when things are, are, are kind of almost con- contradictory or concurrent like that, you are going to have some trade-offs against them, I think. I think that's where it comes down to, like your, your general population individual are probably unlikely to have the knowledge or the experience to kind of periodize and program that yeah. To, to to get the best out of both of those things rather than get the worst out of both of those things. Because, I mean, certainly from, um, I suppose, a performance aspect, they're probably, or, the, or there's certainly enough evidence base out there. You look at Trent Selling-Worth's work and around um, fuel substrates and being able to kind of like train or, or, or get the best out of different, you know, utilising fat, utilising carbohydrates or glycogen um, for training stuff. There's, there's plenty of, of good evidence out there to show that periodizing your training in terms of having higher and lower carbohydrate availability could potentially improve performance over the longer term. How many general population people are going to know how to do that by by being able to fuel certain um, races or certain training periods one way and another to try and make use of both of those metabolic systems? Just it just isn't going to happen. They just, they're not, it's just unlikely they're going to know. So people obviously are just going to go in and just try to do both of those things potentially in terms of performing well, but also trying to lose their, you know, the, the weight they want to lose at that time. And then I think that's really where the issue then comes around in just them struggling and not re- achieving the results that they want. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of following on from what you said there, you know, everything you said there is like incredibly detailed and as it should be, but when you're getting someone from a gen pop perspective, again, just trying to lose weight and getting into endurance, they don't understand, like nine out of 10 of them do not understand nutrition. You know, they still think protein's a steroid, carbohydrates is bad, you know, and all these different things like supplements are, again, sketchy and things. So they don't, they're fearful of nutrition in general. So it's kind of, this is where the whole thing becomes a total mess. 
And there is also the realize not the realization of again that the the running has to be periodized. Like they don't know anything about say um, <laughs> a tempo session or an interval session, a recovery run. They don't know anything about that. You know, they're 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 downloading you know the the couch to five k app or something, and and you're looking at lockdown at the moment where they're doing five k a day. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I ran, I used to run a, an eight week um, program called Eight Weeks to Lean, and I ended it a few months ago. But within the first lockdown, there was a girl who was in it who um, had, who was overweight, you know, so she was obviously there to try and lose weight, learn more about nutrition, and, and, and get stronger. And that's exactly what happened to her. She then started to do the, the, the 5k a day thing and then she's like oh Roy um, what do I do my ankles and my hips are sore and I says oh what are you doing and she's like I'm 5k a day I was like oh, oh there, there are so many ways like like I wanted to say to her like just stop yeah, like just stop like this what you're doing is actually harming you but so it's like what what did you do what did you do previously nothing so what are you doing now? Five k every day. Exactly. So, you know, and again, if you put that into a strength training perspective, you know, that's like saying, okay, well, I'm just going to go in and do. I've never done a back squat before, but I'm going to start back squatting 100 k, and then, oh no, why am I? Why is my back hurting? You know, sort of thing. And that's what people don't realize that the endurance is a technique. Everything has to be structured. There's everything that we're talking about now. And this information, I don't think, is, is, is clear enough out there in, in things like magazines and on social media. Like, if you need to get this information, you've got to start following an endurance-specific profile or magazine or something like that. Otherwise, it is just these apps and, and then people being your, like your, your mum going, oh, go you, keep running more. And, and what they don't know is they're actually supplementing a, 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 a damaging behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, sorry, I've kind of gone down a bit of a rabbit hole there, but I, I think. Um, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry to cut across you. I was just going to say about you. You mentioned around people following uh, either like a, you know an endurance based, uh, I suppose, educational out outlet of some sort, whether that's a profile, a person, a coach, or a magazine, or whatever. I think. I can imagine, and not that I'm in that world, so I don't really know, but I can imagine it's the same uh, like contradictory perspectives that we see in your typical men's health or you know all these things where I can imagine like you read a, a running magazine and one minute it's telling you keto diets are the best thing ever uh, for, yeah. for your running and the next day it's like, yeah, but you've got to use carbohydrates to, to fuel you know xyz or whatever and it's like you can imagine general population of following these things thinking i don't really know what to believe because this is telling me that i should be fueling my my runs with nuts and avocados and whatever else and then the next thing is saying that yeah but you've got to have oats and you've got to have gels and uh, that's probably just as confusing for people and like you say you, if they even if a general population person did start to read about um carbohydrate availability and uh i suppose different levels of or or the, you know me- metabolic systems to you know your, your glycogen or your gl- glycolytic system versus you like your, your, your fat oxidation and stuff they're just going to be like Pfft. yeah 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 it's, it's, it's exactly it it's kind of coming back to what we were saying before about the the instagram profile thing you know people just want something layman's terms what is it 
you know, what's the black and white of it? What do what do I what what can I understand within six seconds? You know, and <laughs> um, because coming back to the whole topic uh, of of this is. These aren't people who want to be endurance runners. These are people who just want to lose weight and fat. They just happen to go down this pathway to achieve this mm-hmm. and, and find themselves like so far down the pathway that they don't realize how much damage that is potentially causing. Don't get me wrong. This isn't everybody. But, I mean, again, the examples that I've used before, I like I've coached and I know people who are very, very good endurance runners and they're, they are educated now, but they did go down these pathways of, as you described there, is they've, they've done the keto, the keto and stuff because people were saying, oh, yeah, um, this is a healthy way to do it. And, you know, some people do learn from it, but some people just keep just keep tapping away at it. You know, and, and unfortunately, when they're trying to figure it out, when they're trying to problem solve, they're looking in the wrong resources to do it. So, again, they're just going to look... They're just going to listen to the Karens in their office who say, oh, yeah, I've heard of this diet here. Go and try that. And, you know, and they'll listen to them. They'll look on Facebook and stuff like that instead of actually, you know, maybe reaching out to um, like someone like like us, one of us three, you know. And and again, we forget that. It's, uh, yeah. I think what what i would probably like to also go in is maybe some of the positive aspects because there are some um you know setting setting up a goal of some sort whether it is you know start for a tough matter or a, a marathon or whatever at least it does provide something tangible for someone to focus towards i suppose that's one thing i would say is 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 a positive thing from it kind of what else would you see is some some kind of more positive aspects of i suppose this whole idea you know unless, unless you're just going to say they're all shit and they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> I know. Like, just, 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 just lift weights. <laughs> you know what? Community. Um, if what people, you know, people talk about CrossFit being a very, very powerful tool for community and so is endurance. Every single runner that I know is part of like a running club or, you know, whether it's like higher level or lower level or something, but they're all very encouraging, they're supporting and stuff like that. And if that community, even if they are doing it incorrectly or to a degree, if that keeps them going, if that keeps them showing up and it leads on to, you know, them maybe doing something else, I don't know, continuing the endurance thing and learning and achieving things fantastic if it's a pathway for them to join a gym and learn again a form of strength training or even learn more about um you know more about nutrition or even achieving amazing things and endurance fantastic i I think a community is massively overlooked um health i mean i know we've just been sat here dragging health through the the mud (laughs) you know but at the end of the day, if someone's running, and again, some of the examples that we've spoken about are relatively extreme, you know, that is if people do go down this pathway. But not everybody is going to, not everybody does. Some people are happy just to be like mid-level, you know, um, who don't quite lose the weight, but they just keep running anyway because they recognize they feel healthier, mm-hmm. they feel better, and they just continue doing it anyway. Yeah, that actually, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I suppose 
we have focused a lot on kind of the goal of these individuals being weight loss and it, it may well start that way but there's certainly very much a uh well there's enough evidence base out there to know that even just health seeking behaviors like cardiovascular fitness improving will help people uh from you know health market perspective despite whether they lose weight or not i mean the health at every size movement is is basically built on that the anti-diet cartoon was built on that you know weight loss not being or shouldn't be the actual uh I suppose end result or goal and that actually the health seeking behaviors that will promote a healthy individual should be what are the the things that people should be aiming for which to be fair isn't i say too dissimilar to what most hashtag ethical coaches that we kind of know and are friends with and stuff within the industry that they focus on anyway as in yeah. like they're just not so uh dogmatic around kind of intentional weight loss being the absolute devil <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, as I say, it's just a really good point because you know people are still going to see an improvement in their health just just by doing the helpful things, regardless of weight loss. Well, that's it because if you you look at, I mean, I'm one of many who have gotten into cycling over the last year, and and I've actually really enjoyed it and trying to push the boat with it. But you see a lot of cyclists and you see a lot of runners who. You know, I'd probably say mostly men who are what you would class as overweight, but they keep doing it. You know, they because obviously they're they're not nailing their diet. They've maybe got a stressful job. They maybe don't understand nutrition or maybe don't want to. They maybe did try and lose weight, you know, and and they use the running as a pathway, but they continued it as as exactly as you said there. Um, but then said, you know what? Um, I'm not losing the weight that I intended it, but I do feel better. It's it's reducing my stress. It's giving me time to think. So it's my daughter's happy, um, and if I do want to lose, you know, continue trying to lose weight, then I, I'm going to have to look at something else. However, I've developed something that here that is a benefit to my life, and I've recognised that. Johnny, you look like you can say something. Right? I. <coughs> Oh, I couldn't speak again. There's another client who, who loved, who loves running, but she was aware. Well, we had a discussion actually. He said, "You shouldn't be focusing on running for your weight loss." But I said, "However, do you love running?" I love running. I'm like, right, yeah, run for enjoyment, and we'll do other things to complement your weight loss. So. She will do mental challenges now and again, like 50k in two days. I'm like, I'll just break my hips and knees into bits. <laughs> but probably because I'm too heavy anyway. But I'm like, okay, if you enjoy that and you like the challenge, and I'm not fussed because she understands that her running is not driving her weight loss. The other things are. But I do it because I keep it in for her. Because she loves to do it, I think that's the point as well. Is people enjoy running, it's fine, mm-hmm. but don't make that the modality for your weight loss. Because as we've talked about, you're going to get in trouble. Do you know what I would say though? What? They're a liar. <laughs> no one likes running. <laughs> no, well, no, I'd say you're a liar. You do not enjoy running. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. If you speak to the the folk who are like, yeah, they're they're certain level runners. There's something not right there, man. There's there's definitely. Uh, I, yeah. I I I just refute that anyone actually enjoys the action of putting one foot in front of the other to a point where it's 
painful and just unbearable because obviously like endurance running and long distance running does get to that point like quite quickly and like it, it becomes johnny you talk about uh your client and obviously having these kind of mental challenges that is exactly that mental like it gets to a point where it is a, a predominantly or as much kind of like psychological challenge as it is kind of the physical aspect uh, and I was, I was thinking back to like the, I don't know if anyone followed it, but obviously Eddie Izzard did a couple of times now, but he's done this kind of like 47 marathons in 48 days or something ridiculous like that, isn't it? Uh, and I remember like listening to him talk about it on, um, it was on the GRE podcast where he was saying about how prior to starting, he hadn't even ran at all. I think he said he'd like, he basically started to learn and build up his running by just doing it. He just started running marathons. So I think he said something like he started six weeks beforehand and then just started running a marathon a day almost. And as I said, it, th- there is no way that he accomplished that outside of it just being a mentally hard as fuck bloke where he just like one foot in the other just keeps going and he just no matter physically how bad it gets, he's just going to carry on going. That, and that, running does get to that point. And I, I just <laughs> I just struggle to think that people find that enjoyable. I can I can understand like you kind of got the, the euphoric runners high afterwards and the sense of accomplishment and achievement, which is amazing what, what some of these guys can girls can do. I just don't think the actual running is <laughs> enjoyable. It's just not. I, I to- You know what? I totally agree with you. But, um I mean, I, I think. I, I mean, I think there is people who who enjoy, it, of course. Um, but from the mindset perspective, it's definitely there's a really good study on this. Um, I heard it on a different podcast about six months ago, and the two two different groups. Um, one group was like skill runners, and one the other group was people who had like mental. Like fortitude, but they were they didn't have the the running background, etc. And they got them to do like a forms of endurance, and it was the people, the skilled runners, the ones who were experienced, who ran events, etc. It was them who who failed, who backed out because they didn't have that resilience, they didn't mm-hmm. have that, and um, they just relied on their their capability to run. It's quite interesting, and it goes a long way. I mean. Obviously, I can imagine um, you guys have heard of David Goggins. Uh-huh. You know, if, if, you, I, if you read his book, his yeah. book is just him purely putting himself into ridiculous positions, and he and he and he pushes himself through. It. You know, like I've even got myself as an example. You know, I said obviously before my first event was like a ten k. Um, I done five ten ks, and then I was a bit like. You know, when I was overweight and I was trying to get into my fitness journey, that was my thinking. My thinking was, I want to do a marathon. Like, that was it. I didn't know anything about running, but I knew what a marathon was. Like, I didn't know the distance or nothing. I just knew that's a marathon. That's what people do if they run. That would be fantastic. So eventually I'm going to do, I'm eventually going to get there. And like I said, I'd done about four or five different uh, 10Ks. And what was it? There was this event. <laughs> there was this event that started. It was the first year of it up here. It was called the Illuminator. And me and a bunch of people had just done a Spartan race for a charity. And one of my friends, Kelly, she's an endurance runner. She does like like cycling and loads of stuff with her husband. And she says, "Oh, Roy, this this thing started. It's called the Illuminator. It's never been done before." 
it's a nighttime like trail run. Do you fancy it? And, and we were on a high after the whole Spartan thing. So we says, all right, let's go. So me and her entered it. <laughs> and uh, I actually thought it was a 10K. So two weeks beforehand, I get the email. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I hope you're ready for the, the half marathon. And I text her and I was like, Kelly, what the fuck? She says, what? And I was like, yeah, this is a half marathon. Like, I've only ever done a 10K before, and I don't run. I, you, you shitting me. And she's like, oh, I'll be okay, Roy. I'll be okay. It'll be fine, fine, fine. It's like, oh, okay, okay, I trust you. Like, let's go. Um, and I've got this thing where I just go ahead first. You know, it's how I got into powerlifting. You know, my very first powerlifting competition came off the back of entering it seven weeks before and I didn't even know what the fuck powerlifting was and I won it I won my weight class and I was just like oh cool I'm gonna keep doing this <laughs> like this is a pattern I've kind of got here so when I went into the illuminator thing you know um it was night time it started at nine at night we get to the warm-up bit then Kelly's like oh I was like what she says oh it's, it's not a half marathon like, what do you mean she goes oh it's, it's 15 miles Half marathon, I think half marathon, I think it's thirteen point one or two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit. And she's like, oh, it's okay. But I ran around the whole thing with her and I never stopped once because we just chatted the whole time. Mm-hmm. So my mind wasn't on it on how horrible it would be. Mm-hmm. We just kept the conversation up the whole time. Now I went I've run this thing four times now. So the second time I run it, I just come back from traveling in Costa Rica for a month and I was pretty jet lagged and it was horrible but the third time I ran it I says said to myself I wonder what it'd be like if I actually trained for this like I've never trained for any of my endurance stuff I wonder what this would be like so I went and I actually trained for it and then I thought right I'm gonna get a time here I'm gonna aim for a time I'm gonna aim for between two hours and 25 and two hours and 30 and I had my Apple Watch, so I was able to pick up my my pace and stuff and, and, and track it. And it was really interesting because I got to mile seven and my mind just dropped and it just became 10 times more difficult. So up until then, I was kind of enjoying it. I was like, ah, oh, this is good fun. Like torches and shit and running through the, the hills. And then all of a sudden, mile seven hit and it was the worst feeling ever. And the whole time from there to the end, I'm not an aggressive guy, despite being a 110-kilo Scotsman with a skinhead. Um, Like, I'm not an aggressive guy at all, but my thoughts became super aggressive. And I started to just, I I started to internalize loads of um, affirmations. I started to talk out loud. People must have thought I was losing my mind. I started creating enemies of people. I started to think, oh man, imagine, imagine what all these runners would fucking think if I, if I beat them, blah, blah, blah. And all these things, it was crazy. And, um, and I just pushed myself. It was a purely mindset thing. And then when I finished it, I did get my time. It was like two, two hours, 26. But as soon as I finished the, the uh, as soon as I finished the finishing line, I'm super happy. Like literally instantly I finished it and I was like, Oh, that was good. That was good. I, I enjoyed that. Mm. So what the hell happened there? So like when we're talking about the mindset and, and almost like a form of suffering, like it definitely is. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and then that post I put up on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, that is, that's the word I use, the suffering, because people use it that way, whether they, whether they admit it um, or whether they realize it. But especially for fat loss and, and fat and weight loss, like people will literally endure suffering to try and just lose a pound, to just run more, whether they run twice a day, whether they run longer, they don't understand it. They don't want to understand it, but they'll they'll go through that suffering to desperately try and lose the fat. Yeah, I think um, that's something that is talked about reasonably regularly in the fitness industry around this, uh, uh, like almost that suffering is synonymous with kind of weight loss in that you you have to suffer if you're going to lose weight it's like if you if you need to lose weight that there is no avoiding suffering it's kind of like it comes hand in hand uh, whether that's you've got to eat clean and you, you've got to suffer because you can't have you can't have pizza and donuts and lose weight that's not suffering enough you, you know you, you, I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm, i almost have to make sure it's so difficult to stick to my diet because that's the only way that you can successfully lose weight uh so yeah i think it's obviously but interesting that you say that because it is, it is quite common, I think. The, the, the dark mind and the affirmation stuff is also interesting because um, I don't know whether I see that as a negative and whether, I, and whether I see that more as a useful technique because I'll be honest, I've done that and still do that sometimes. So I, I run once a week anyway. I, do, I basically, me and a friend go out and we do a 10K once a week just purely for the social aspect but just basically some cardiovascular health stuff. Like we don't really set any performance goals or times although there is an element of like, you know, we, we do compare previous weeks and stuff just to see kind of how things are going. But um, there's, there's moments within where I find it quite difficult during... And a lot of the time it's like my legs are just going because of like training sessions and low glycogen and just like cramps and things. And sometimes I, I do utilize things like stop being a pussy, stop being a bitch, yeah. you know, grow up or, you know, work harder or stop letting everyone down and just all these things. And like, like you said about how you almost, uh, I can't remember how you phrased it, but you, you kind of, you just, these affirmations actually just materialize in your head where that's, and obviously that's what almost keeps you going. So sometimes I think actually they can be useful techniques mm. But but the thing is, all the time it's happening, I'm not enjoying any of that. Like it, it, it's yeah, just yeah. it's motivating me to keep going. Don't get me wrong, but it does. I, I when I finish, it's just re- the relief is the enjoyment. It's almost like yeah. I am so relieved now. I'm now happy, and it's a bit like with anything where people you work yourself up to something that you think is a challenge, whether it's not even physical things stand up speaking everyone hates stand up speaking, but you work yourself up to do that, and then when you're done, you have this euphoria of like thank fuck that's over type mm. thing. But you're also you're also proud of yourself as well because you've achieved something, you know. So coming back to the example that you just said there, you know, you will go through that element of suffering to keep going. You know, you'll go, I've got to keep going, um, like for whatever reason, and then you'll stop and you'll get that euph- euphoria. You'll go, oh, look at look quickly, look at my time. If you're tracking your time, quickly post the photo on my Facebook. You know, you get people commenting, saying, oh, yeah, you're smashing it. You're doing really well. Keep going. And and once you get those forms of feedback, they're going to override all the unhealthy markers that you're actually developing to do that. So that, again, once you get that affirmation, you're like, okay, well, let's go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, also realized that some of the affirmations ahead are widely misogynist or sexist. <laughs> 
<laughs> which says a lot about me, I think, especially in the current climate, what's going on at the moment. Maybe I shouldn't use it. I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. So sorry. I won't, I'll no longer use the words bitch or pussy any longer. Um, I think we're coming up to an hour 10 now. So obviously it's respectful of your time before you go though, if you do have another five minutes or so, um, we do like to ask some non fitness related questions to guess just for the, for the, yeah. for the funsies. Um, what I'll actually let's 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 start with first. If you just want to shout out, you like your uh, contact details, social media, how people contact, they want to kind of know more about your work with you or whatever. We'll get those out of the way first, and then we'll move on to the fun bits. Well, of course. I mean, um, you know, we spoke about it already, and I'm sure it's a bit of an obvious one. But uh, Instagram, you can get me there as Oz uh, as RX2 Fitness. Uh, sorry, RX2 underscore Fitness. Um, same thing on Facebook, RX2 Fitness. Uh, website rx2fitness.co.uk um yeah they're probably the easiest oh, i've started to use twitter again um, Oof, don't just don't just don't well, do it so i've been using it for a month now i actually found it quite enjoyable until the last two weeks and i just kind of thought oh no I, I can't be on here man it's uh but yeah rx2fitness on there as well um same photo uh large bald man with a beard so you can't miss me. It could be all three of us, let's be honest. <laughs> well, maybe not large, but for me. Um, cool. Now, <laughs> um, if, uh, so obviously, if anyone listening wants to reach out, then please get in touch. Um, so I'm going to reel off a few quick fire questions. They're just uh, either or type thing. So coffee or tea? Coffee. Because I, I like to judge people on their preferred beverage because I, I will judge as well. So you, you got the right answer. So <laughs> um, Chinese or Italian? Italian. Italian. Well, we had this conversation last week with Paul, but what are your thoughts on Mexican food? Oh, as a I had fajitas last night. So, yeah, I love, I'd probably say my two go-tos would be Italian and Mexican. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Pepsi or Coke? Pepsi. Good right answer. Uh, introvert or extrovert? You know what? I used to think I was an extrovert because I'm a little bit loud. However, I am naturally an introvert. Yeah, too much of the social thing. Um, I need to withdraw. It's uh, interesting you say that because that's exactly how I described myself this week on a post where like a, I did a about me intro type post, which I realise I've never done in the five years I've been on social media. And uh, I described exactly myself as that, as that, an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. I can't remember where around. If I'm in something like this, I thrive. Like, I love it. I love conversation. I love groups and all these different things. But on my own, you know. Uh, but then what's the other one? Is it ambivert where you switch between mm-hmm. the two? I'd probably say I'm more that, but mm-hmm. I, I would definitely lean toward uh, introvert. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just ruining your... No, 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 no. The, the whole point of these is to generate conversations. It's fine. Um, <laughs> sausage or bacon? Bacon. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Okay. And last question, and this is the most important one, but would you rather be attacked by, I'll get this right, a horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses? Ooh. The horse-sized duck, because you've got one target to fight. You you can assess it, you know. 
give it like kidney shots. I was going to say, how would you assess this giant, massive? But I mean, bear in mind, I mean, we're, let's just say like a seventeen-hand horse-sized duck, you know, like a big, big one, not like a tiny old Shetland or something. How do you assess one of those to attack or to defend off the attack? Well, it's kind of like I mean, obviously, when you when you watch things like King Kong movies and all that, I mean, like they they've got one thing to attack. Whereas if you're, if, um, you know, coming back to the multiple thing, um, for example, the old school Mummy movies, I don't know if you've ever seen it, with Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. and every time they're in the, the, is it the Scarabs with the tiny little things, like, what do you do? If you're surrounded by them, you're fucked. Um, True. But if you've got one thing, then you go, right, I can attack it or I can run from it. I know it's one thing. Okay. Well, it's not a right or wrong answer, so... But there is really because it is, good the, yeah, <laughs> that is good logic. No, um, I to be honest, I I agree, Johnny. I, I don't, Johnny. I don't know if you've ever expressed your opinion on that. Bear in mind, we've asked it probably ninety-seven times. Do you just, yeah, you just agree with me? Yeah, yeah. That's, obviously, it's the right answer, isn't it? So, <laughs> can, can you punch? Can you punch a duck? And ducks are hard. Well, I just, I'll be honest, I just thought if you are you talking ethically, can you punch a duck? No, I, <laughs> I don't know. It could, See, it, could be, it, could, it could be weaker under the wings, though, you know, like our armpits are soft, so I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it if someone took a swing at my armpit, could be the same thing for a duck. So if you, if you can somehow lure the duck to raise its wing, and you've got a hook of Mike Tyson, you could be in for the one. I, I got a feeling we could be here for a while, but I think even a uh, a duck raising its wing, can you imagine the force it could produce just from kind of flapping that thing? <laughs> I might blow you over or blow you away quite easily. So, but yeah. <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Hopefully the listeners have kind of got some good insight into kind of maybe I was going to say maybe why endurance running might not be the best best thing if they are kind of focusing on weight loss um but maybe that's a bit unfair or maybe the the, the take home should really be kind of what other considerations they should they yeah. should consider just just to remember it's contextual you know everything is contextual you know if you're if you're considering it then explore it you know maybe speak to people do a bit of homework but trying to just rush in you know and just say right i'm gonna do this and hope for x result you know you want to set yourself up set yourself up to win wise words <laughs> very wise words um cool well thank you again and uh no doubt we'll get you on again another time no i appreciate it guys i like i said i'm really really humbled that you asked me to come on i really enjoyed it and uh it's been a good catch up Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week.